Not Too Deep. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. If you're watching this, sorry for the strange background that's happening, but that's what's happening. Everything is strange now, except for this episode with Akila Hughes, who I absolutely love. Oh, if you don't know her, get ready to fall in love with someone that you've never met, but you feel like you do. She is a YouTuber, a comedian. She's a political activist. You might know her from her podcast, What A Day. You might know her from her YouTube channel, Akila. Obviously, she's got a book. We talk about animals. Crossing, how she's been covering uh, COVID for months before we all kind of knew about it and what her experience with that has been. We talk about her journey from comedy in New York uh, with YouTube. And it's just, it was such a lovely conversation and something I relate to very much. I think she's doing so much good in the world and you'll get to hear about it firsthand on this episode of Not Too Deep with Akila Hughes. <laughs> Akila, thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited to talk to you. Um, So one of the questions I like to ask guests that I think are so multifaceted and helps people kind of get into who they are is um, what's your deal? <laughs> what's my what's my problem? <laughs> I know it's not no it's I feel like it you do so many different things and you wear so many different hats that how do you like let's say an alien came down and you're introducing yourself for the first time and they wanted to know like what your position is in the world how do you describe that? Yeah, oh man. Usually I'm just like, look, I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I this but is also I, like the most uncomfortable question for a content creator too because it's like <laughs> I don't know how to like siphon this down into the most like succinct yeah. thing. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I would say that the overarching theme of everything that I do, it's like all comedy. You know, I yeah. I'm a comedian first and that's like everything I've ever done in my career was to the end of being like I'm funny and I would like to make funny things. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, my book is that uh, when I go on podcasts, my podcast is more news, which, which is unfortunate. Da, 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 da. <gasps> Speaking of book. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Well, um, thank you for okay. grabbing her. <laughs> of course. Of course. Okay. So I, everything you do is comedy. You create content, you host podcasts, um, you're in the political world, you're in the, the activism world. Um, you you came from Kentucky, right? Yeah, you came. From, I'm talking I'm like, about it like, yeah, like it's a, a foreign judge, planet. Like, you were in Kentucky. And I'm like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. And so from Kentucky, moved to New York. Yes, which okay. uh, was definitely some culture shock. Gotta say. I'm the sure is exactly what everyone thinks the South is. <laughs> also, I'm moving it- a spoon. Oh, you're- <laughs> I, I was what? grabbing my coffee and then I realized I was just moving a spoon across your screen. So this video is going to be you excellent. Know, everyone has their versions of fidget spinning and sometimes you have mm-hmm. to move spoons. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you're growing up in Kentucky, how do you get into comedy? How do you where does that seed get planted for you? Yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, there is no industry there. Right. So it really is just like a cultural thing. And I think that Kentucky is an interesting place for comedy insofar as, you know, everyone there thinks it's the best place on earth, but they've also never been anywhere else. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So a little insulated. Yeah. And so when you, you know, watch TV and I watched a lot of TV and like movies and all this stuff when you're a little kid and you're like, but everywhere else looks pretty awesome. <laughs> I right, you guys are right, wrong. Right. Like there's at least two black people everywhere else. Like, there's <laughs> only one here. They're like, no, that's enough. That's fine. And so yeah. I think that I just became like just super aware of the fact that everything in my life was absurd. Like we yeah. were just living in like a backwards reality. And that is a place that is rife for comedy. Sure. And yeah. So just watching lots of like SNL and mad TV way too young for sure. <laughs> like I remember like, I saw Austin Powers like sixth grade and my teacher was like, your mom should be ashamed. I'm like, well, you're a bad teacher. So <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's check some balances here. That's no mm-hmm. same for me because I remember my older brothers were really into. They watched SNL uh, and they they would watch Monty Python. They were obsessed with. And I, it, when I was in like fourth grade, I was watching it and not <laughs> understanding at all 
what it was, but they would laugh and I would just laugh when they would laugh and assume like, okay, that was a funny thing. Yeah, Here's a funny that's thing. the funny part. <laughs> yeah. So then, okay, so it gets ingrained in you a little bit. You realize the world is way bigger than Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh And then you move to New York. And is this where you start, like, actually, you move to pursue comedy? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's probably a little bit of space in between there where, like, YouTube is invented. Right. (laughs) And I'm in college. And so that was, like, in Kentucky. And then, so I'd made all of these videos. None of them, you know, it's a very classic (laughs) 2006 version of YouTube where it's like, no one posts consistently. No one's making money. What is this thing? Right. It's a place to put, like, the crappy, like, one pixel video from your phone. Yes. Yes. And so I was doing that forever, but I I, I like really wanted to like do it full time around 2012. And so okay. uh, 2011, I went to Playlist Live. Mm-hmm. I actually, you will not remember this, but I met you there. Probably, yes. <laughs> I was very inebriated in a bathroom and I was like, I was probably the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, but I was just like, I know that this is something worth pursuing or at least like, in my mind, it, YouTuber wasn't even really like a common thing to even say back then. Right. And so I was thinking like, I'm going to use this as a portfolio to like do comedy. Like mm. I don't, ha- I don't know, have any connections. So what I'll have is like cool videos that I can right. <laughs> show someone and then maybe I'll get an agent. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because so there's no York. blueprint. <laughs> right. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. that tells you how to, I mean, literally like this is the newest career path. <laughs> None of us had this growing up. And exactly. so- it is wild that like at any point we're supposed to know what we're doing. I I definitely didn't. Um, but I knew I wanted to move to New York. And so yeah. I moved to New York. I read Mindy Kaling's book and I was like, I could be a babysitter and then write like an amazing play. And then yeah, you're like, here's the closest thing I have to a blueprint. So I'll follow yeah. this thing. I, same with me, Tina Fey's yeah. book, all of that. I was like, here's, yes, this person did it this way. So mm-hmm. what if I try it that way? Right. And so I moved to New York with two suitcases and a dream. <laughs> I work Love in it. social media and I make terrible videos for another full year and a half, just like in my apartment. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think the real catalyst for outward comedy, like I was doing sort of storytelling events. I was writing for Hello Giggles. So they had like live events and things. And oh, so cool. that was a way to build my community like in New York. And then, you know, I did UCB because UCB is what you do when you're doing right, comedy right. in 2012 in New York, mm-hmm. um, which was great. And like, I think it definitely stretched me in ways that like I just was so closed off Kentucky. Um, yeah. And in 2013, I finally have a video go viral and then the career is born. <laughs> wow. And OK, you must have felt this because I definitely felt it because I did improv at the pit mm-hmm. and there was always a very... Um, a hesitancy and anxiety kind of around being someone that did YouTube stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, in parallel to trying to do like improv and like, you know, hustle, right. grind, that sort of right. thing. Did you ever feel like uh, judged by like the people uh, in the actual comedy world? Cause I always felt so scared and like my, my dork nerd YouTube world. I didn't want it to like bleed into that world <laughs> yeah. so much because People just didn't understand it. Right. They definitely didn't understand. Like, I think they would have respected it more if they knew how much work went into it. But there was, you know, this was a different time where people thought, like, as long as it takes to watch a video is how long it takes to make one. (laughs) So they're like, yes, you do this for one minute a day. (laughs) Yeah. You're not funny. And I'm like, do you understand that I had to learn several skills to do this? Yeah, if they could see how we just spent time setting up what we're doing right now and right. <laughs> realize like how much yes. work it takes. Yeah. And so I I still I think sometimes, you know, at this point, I think more people online who like still fuck with me, like yeah. <laughs> know me from other things. But like I still feel like there is some stigma to it that is is slowly fading, but it's like so it's like it's absurd, right? It's yeah. It's like if somebody said, "Well, I don't like television," and I'm like, "Well, what about it? Like, what? Right. Like, is it like one show?" And they're like, "Well, it's all the same." It's like, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That it's taking the time to understand something. 
Right. And now they're all like all the people who judge me are like trying to get into this world and they have their favorites and they love hot ones. And, you know, like they get all of this stuff. And, you know, in ways I feel vindicated. But back then I definitely felt so left out, kind of embarrassed because it was like, oh, I don't like have like a rich family with connections. So I'm just here because I I do YouTube. Like that's how I make enough money to pay for this. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. So like... And I, I really did. I mean, at one point, I know that um, UCB was doing YouTube videos and mm-hmm. they only had a few up at the time. And I remember I was like emailing every week. I'm like, I would I'll be happy to come in on a weekend and like help you with the camera stuff, whatever. Yeah. Like, I just want to be a part of this. I never got emailed back. And then my career starts popping off. Suddenly it's like Suddenly. UCB alum. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Let's put her pictures up everywhere in the lobby. Yeah. Like you want to wow. do Ask Cat? I'm like, you guys didn't even watch my tape when I auditioned I for the sketch team. <laughs> I know you did it because I put it on YouTube and it had the same number of views as it did before. <laughs> like, you guys don't yeah. like me. Quit playing. I know. Maybe go back through the inbox and find that email from me from a couple years ago begging for your attention right now. (laughs) Just like Uh, one bit of affection. uh, You know, but you hustled and you did it. And it's I think it's very, very cool. I also I was like looking through everything of yours this morning and um, your last video on your YouTube channels from, you know, like 10 months ago. And you do you touch a little bit on how YouTube has changed and everyone has aged up. Do you it, it seems like you know, you, your career has pivoted obviously, and you're much more involved in politics. Um, do you feel the same? Like when you go to sit down or think about making a video for your channel, do you feel that sense? Cause I definitely do lately this, like, I don't want to, I don't know if this <laughs> yeah. feels like right to do or good to do. Right. I like doing my podcasts and all of this, but YouTube feels a little bit like a strange land to me right now. Yeah, no, I think that like, especially, I mean, I consider myself like a YouTube native. Like I started my Uh channel in 2006, like January. So it's like, you know, like I remember the beginning. Right. And I think that there was a time that was so magical that like, I wish I could bottle it up on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there was, the bad was still there. It just wasn't as amplified, but it was a time specifically for creativity where it's like, there were so few videos that it's like, I would see one of your videos and be like, now it is my job to make something as funny as that. And like, whatever that means, like not copy her, not try to be her, not like, you know, like glom on or try to start drama, (laughs) like just be funny now. Like there was so much permission in that. And it, it was so new that there was really no rule, no algorithm. It was just like, be better than the last thing you saw. Yeah. And I think that now, and for a while, but I I haven't made, like you said, I haven't made a video in 10 months. I feel a really big sense of relief about that. But Mm. the beginning was hesitance. And it was because I was like, this is what I do. Like, if I don't do this, then like, I don't have the other thing. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like it was such a part of, I mean, it's why I got the book deal. You know, like, it's why... I was able to do like to pivot to anything else. And so there were feelings about that. Well, also, I think um, it's just such a fraught place. I I was, you know, I'm still involved in a lawsuit with like someone who ripped one of my videos just to post it to, you know, sort of right wing trolls, but just like ripped it and posted it. And so like I've been harassed for years about that. And it's like after a certain point, I think, you know, I think that initially when things started to feel a little like, okay, am I too, not even too old? Cause I don't think that that's a thing. Like sure. Casey Neistat is 40 and he is absolutely the right age for YouTube as is very Jojo fair. Siwa. You know what I mean? Yes. Very um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that I was like, is my taste or my ambition or even just like what I am good at something that is well received here anymore. Mm. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that it, isn't it's just the amount of work it took to make those things for the return on investment was like why like why not right. pitch this to someone who will pay to do this <laughs> like yeah these are good ideas and I also don't think that I'm like you know I think YouTube was a place I wanted to start but I I had to remind myself like you came here because you liked it as a portfolio mm. and like I never you know had ambitions of being the most subscribed to person or right 
I mean, like I wanted my videos to do well, <laughs> obviously sure. I want people to see the work I made, but I think that I always thought, you know, the freest version of this is like a Donald Glover where you put a bunch of weird videos on the internet and then mm-hmm. someone chooses you to like do the thing. And right. then you just get to go do that. And, you know, there were probably three years in there where I was so committed to not that, to just being like, I love being on YouTube and I like making videos yeah. every week. And, you know, God bless you for doing it every day. I remember I tried to do like so many Vitas and I'm like, over the course of 17 so, years, I've done like girl, it's uh, every, <laughs> one month of the, April. The reality is I was under contract too. So uh, right. a lot of the, the mythology is that people think that that was like a personal choice. And so it was <laughs> a lovely thing and it really created like a, an efficiency in my work ethic, but it was also a, a legal obligation. So yeah, right, it takes right. a little of like the magic out of it sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, I feel that way. Like, like I love doing my podcast. It's called What a Day. It's on Crooked yes. Media for those listening. And, and congrats um, <laughs> on you guys just hit 100 episodes, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That's Which so cool. Thank you so much. I mean, you get it. It is, it, it's, it's its own grind on top of yeah. everything else. And totally. on top of like the world we're living in right now. <laughs> exactly. You know, but that's, but I think that's so cool because it seems like over the last few years, you really shifted your focus into something that you're really passionate about and it shows. And that's, yeah. That's really what the start of YouTube felt like for people. It's like that same energy behind the things that you're creating is still there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious, like where I'm sure it wasn't just a sudden overnight shift that you're like, I'm going to talk about politics now. No more bedroom tours. That it's like, yeah. How did that evolve for you over time? Because that's a very like that's a world that I'm fascinated by I watch as a bystander to be to do what you're doing is so admirable to me and also totally terrifying because you're (laughs) voluntarily putting yourself in this gauntlet of people to basically criticize you pick apart everything you say um, even more than you know the average thing that gets posted on YouTube so how how did that kind of journey, for lack of a better word, happened for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that it was definitely gradual. Like, it's definitely like the frog in the boiling water. Yeah, yeah. One day I was like, oh, it's hot. Yeah. (laughs) But um, (laughs) like, yeah, I I think that everything changed when Obama got elected. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was a perfect storm of the Internet finding its footing Obama getting elected and then like sort of everything that I think was a hunch to me being like the little bit of diversity from a small place. um, I think it was it it was uh, man, this is like I'm like trying to formulate the sentence. We're getting there. The coffee's hitting it. No, no, no. Um, no. But but so like Obama getting elected, obviously you eyes are world. Yeah. Change the world. Your eyes are open to it. You're engaging with it. You're participating in yeah. politics. Yeah. Um, oh, do you remember? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think like, just, yeah. So essentially it's like, you know, you see that happen. And at the same time, the internet is getting bigger. Like, I mean, Tumblr, mm-hmm. Pinterest, Twitter is finally finding its footing, all of this stuff. Right. Fast forward to like, you know, around 2013 ish. And all of these hunches that I had as somebody growing up from somewhere small about like, the world isn't really like this. Like there is Mm -hmm. diversity. We just don't see it reflected. And women are equal. We just aren't given the opportunities. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff stops being so taboo to talk about. And I think that that just became a natural part of the conversation because shows like Girls were happening and shows like Scandal, where there's like, you know, a black lead and it's not about being a black person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a show. And so I think that all at once, everything sort of changed. And I was like, oh, all of the stuff that I've been saying forever, but I've been like really quiet about because I'm, you know, I just want to be accepted. I don't want to ostracize anyone, whatever else. Like, I I don't want to tell the truth for the sake of telling the truth. I just want to like fit in. You know, I was like, no, like, I think we should tell the truth now. And when I started to do that, I mean, the first video that I had that like went viral was Meet Your First Black Girlfriend, which is a video about interracial relationships, vaguely about a, a me when I dated a YouTuber. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And um, and I rem- like I remember being like so afraid to post it, like that I sat on it for like a week. And this is a hmm. video that like did well the moment it hit the internet, like within yeah. a day hit a million views. But I was just like 
whoa, this is going to be bad. Like people are going to hate that I'm making jokes about white people. <laughs> I'm so scared of them. And then I posted it and I'm like, oh, every black person on earth is like standing behind me now. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that I just realized I'm like, oh, tell the truth out loud. Who gives a shit? Because like there's an audience and it doesn't have to be like YouTube isn't just one audience. And right. I stopped I stopped chasing, you know, what was sort of a dominant audience and just being like, let me talk to the people who want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the pivot more strongly is just like, you know, we watch um, YouTube do like YouTube asks Obama or the president or right. whatever it is like YouTube at the White House. And it's it's so exciting. And then we get Donald Trump as president, which is its own thing. And like, I'm not going to yeah. belabor that point, but it's its own thing. And suddenly everything that was already like starting to ramp up is like now we're at a fever pitch because Mm -hmm. everything that I think people were finally feeling comfortable about, like, you know, I I don't think that there was LGBTQ representation like there has ever been on like YouTube really kicked the door in, you know, and was like, we are here and we're not going anywhere. And black people online have like, I mean, Vine was just like, an alley-oop for black people. It was just like the entire internet, like just absolutely became this colorful, beautiful place that was as much as there was bad, there was good. And then suddenly it was like, uh uh-oh, the bad is creeping in. And I'm like, oh no, I don't think that I can make a video about something that doesn't matter ever again, even though I did. Cause you know, contracts. (laughs) Contracts. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're also a businesswoman, so you have to, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, those taxes don't wait. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna sell whatever this is, and then we're yes. gonna get back to business on my Twitter. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I think that that was really the catalyst. And then you know, Crooked Media just found me one day, and I still don't know how. They just literally, I got a cold email from this woman Tanya, who's like the head of everything there, and she was wow. like, "I'm in New York. Let's get coffee." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Amazing. And now I have this. So yeah, that's a that's like the windy road to whatever I'm doing. <laughs> That's so cool though. And also like kudos to you that you weren't catfished by someone saying that they worked at Crooked Media. Uh, <laughs> I know I just get murdered in the street. I should not have maybe trusted this. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like you've really found your voice. You found your footing and you found uh, the a, like a, a driving creativity that it, it just like resonates off of everything you post and everything you're doing right now, which is so cool to see, especially from someone that has started out on YouTube so long ago and has watched all of these trends and all of these ups and yeah. downs happen. Um, do you remember, I'm curious, the first time you voted? Like ever. <laughs> ever. Or do yeah. you remember like what that the feeling oh was? Because yes. I've even now I'm like 34 years old and voting still. I, I mean, I do it every chance I can get, but it's <laughs> such an intimidating situation yeah. still. Oh, I still yeah. have this like anxiety about it a little bit, but do you remember that for you? Oh yeah. I mean, mine was a very bizarre situation. So the first election I ever voted in was 2008 Barack Obama. And oh, wow. cause I had just turned 18 that year or I, yeah, 19. I don't know. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I turned 19, whatever. I don't remember years anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. Time uh, is an illusion right now. Right. Time is every day is day. Uh, <laughs> yes, every night is yes. night. And that is it. <laughs> yes. um, but I, I voted absentee. So I had a very bizarre voting experience. I mm-hmm. was doing my college internship. Um, and at this point, I think I had like three YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did my internship at Disney World. Um, right. I was working in Tomorrowland selling hats, you know, doing merchantainment. And yeah. I lived everything's in this- completely normal. <laughs> yeah, like super weird. Like my boss was a rat. Like it's totally <laughs> Like weirder things happen later in my life. So it's like, that's just the most normal it ever got to be. You've just been living in a constant fever dream your entire life. Yeah. Like everyone's like, Akila, wake up. You're the problem. (laughs) You're the one doing this. I'm like, you're right. Um, It's so real. Uh, And I remember I lived in this amazing, like, super international apartment complex. So the way they do their internships, just like briefly, is that like they put all of the college kids, interns, like 20,000 interns in three apartment complexes. And I chose the cheapest one where you have the most roommates and it's like a bajillion people. It's like horrible. It literally, Uh (laughs) you would never stay there for any reason. (laughs) And I remember I was dating this guy. We planned a party for that night. One of my roommates wasn't even there. Like her, her family was visiting 
And uh-huh. they called it so early. And we all just like instinctively ran out into like the courtyard. And it was like people from everywhere in different languages screaming, yes, we can and banging things. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> things are amazing. Uh, but that voting experience was literally like filling out a piece of paper and being like, hope it gets there. Also like right. I'm from Kentucky. This is a purely symbolic vote. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're yes. never going to really vote for him. So yeah. Whatever. But that's so it because mine. Yeah, mine was always absentee ballot to New Jersey that my mom would send me and be like, here, now it's time. And then you send it <laughs> off and you're like, I hope that gets there. I hope <laughs> yeah, like something could have happened. Yeah. I'm like, this feels like a publisher's clearinghouse that I just sent back in. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's for the person yeah. that's going to rule our country right now. This yeah, is crazy. That, that letter's journey is the journey of baby's day out. Like, yes, it's just like, exactly. it could have fallen off a truck, gotten stepped exactly. on on the bottom of someone's shoe. We don't know. So we I don't, don't know. know. Who knows if I ever actually voted? Right. I know. But, that's how I feel. Yeah. I'm like, I voted in every election I could have. I think yeah, I filled like I out a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, I, put, I gave it to a man that looked like he handled mail. So we'll see. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have more questions for you. We also have a bunch of Twitter questions for you. It's going to be really fun. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep with Okay, Akila, in everything that you've been doing um, to help the world in these trying <laughs> times, um, how how is your Animal Crossing going? Oh my gosh, it's the best it's ever going to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not. I don't know anything about it. Oh, how do you? What what, what is it? <laughs> okay, so I will tell you, I have never played an Animal Crossing game before this. I don't know okay. if there were several before this. Or just okay, the okay. One. Um. I do understand Mario Kart way better now because there is a, like a land that you end up in that I'm like, oh, that's I get it. OK. But Animal Crossing is basically uh, you land on an island. You are a person, but everyone, you know, is animals. And okay. you have like two people that live on your island. And basically you just grab stuff off the land, sell it for their currency, which is called <laughs> bells. And then you can Cute. like build a house and you can get like <laughs> stuff. And then you go to other people's islands. And the whole like I think the biggest thing is that. The island you go to has one kind of fruit, okay. <laughs> but you want all the kinds of fruit. And there's okay. like six kinds, I think, because the fruit sells for lots of money if it's not your native fruit. And oh. so you want to go to lots of other islands and t- like take the fruit and plant trees on your own island so you never have to leave again. <laughs> Wow. So this is a little bit mapping over our current situation. Yeah. Like, uh, how do I go? Maybe I should get some like herb boxes or something going yes. at home here. Yes. And literally like the first day, I don't. I think they did this on purpose because it came out the 20th. And by this point, a lot of states were on lockdown. And yeah, uh, <laughs> um, they like a mask came in like the mail system there. Like I have a face mask that I wear around the island. And I'm like, should I wear it or should the, in the game? Wear it? Yes. I'm practicing social distancing. I'm not That's- talking to anyone. I'm just stealing fruit and leaving. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know what sort of morals that's going to uh, <laughs> translate to in real life, but it sounds yeah. fun. Has that it's been definitely very cute? How have you, has that been a primary um, activity within your quarantine? Yeah. And like the yeah. good thing is, it's a game that you. I mean, literally, it tells you how to do everything from the beginning. So I'm like, okay. oh, I have no gaming skills. But eventually this becomes like, I know where these buttons are and what they do. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, I like it is like, uh, it's so funny. I've never been a person who can meditate, but okay. it's the closest I get to being present because I cannot look at my phone or anything else. I'm like, we have yes. to shake this tree. We have to cut the fruit. <laughs> It's so very stupid. And I'm like, I mean, I'm embarrassed about my island right now. I've been going to friends (laughs) who like don't have a job right now or like they're just at home more or like they're doing less. And so they've been playing for 150 hours. They have like a music studio. They have like a hotel. And I'm like, I have literally a tent (laughs) and a pile of fruit. And I don't think it's fair that we would you would even visit me right now. (laughs) I am in squalor. And so um I love yeah. that this game that is supposed to be giving you like an outlet to relax <laughs> is now causing this new level of like judgment and disruption. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I'm mad. I go to people's places. I'm like, you guys have like bricks on the ground. Like I'm not even to a point where they're offering that. 
I love that. You wear near enough money for this. Oh, I love it. Um, Well, one thing that people can do in quarantine if they don't have this game is they can read your book, which is very exciting. This came out Mm -hmm. the end of last year or last fall? Uh, Yeah, last fall. It came out September 24th. Amazing. (sighs) Wow. I mean, yeah. And it's short stories based on your life and uh, it's like a coming of age memoir and mm-hmm. it's written with comedy, obviously. What um, what was the easiest and hardest part to write in the book? Because I'm always <laughs> fascinated, especially with someone like you that like has been online, has been mm-hmm. living your life out loud on the internet and then to like put it then into this tangible substance that people can take with them. Yeah. It's such a different experience than just turning on a camera and hitting record. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely isolating in different ways. Like I feel like yes. with YouTube, I was like, well, eventually someone will see it and then like yeah. their comments will sustain me. <laughs> right. And if it and doesn't work, you move on to the next video. And right. this is like, you can't, it's all there. Yeah. And I'm like every year, I'm like, it's going to become less relevant. Like we're already in a pandemic. What else is going to happen? We're going to be right. burning it for food in like 10 minutes. And so, um, yeah, it was definitely okay. the easiest chapter to write was a chapter called The South. It is literally uh-huh. two sentences. <laughs> Love it. And it's just it's, you know, saying what is good about the South and what is bad about the South. Uh-huh. Um, the difficult, the most difficult chapter, I think, Um was probably the one about friendship in like a comedy sphere mm. and like it's sort of about like female friendships but really just like you know uh when you don't even know that you're competing with someone but they feel that that's the case and like mm. getting sort of like kicked out of a friend group because there's like just there is a, a complete narrative that you were unaware of right. because you thought we were all just hanging out doing the same thing. But other people saw it as like, oh, no, like this is a zero sum game. And like if I if you're a comedian, then I'm not one. So you have to die. <laughs> right. Right. It's like you're fanning the flames on this like trash fire that you didn't <laughs> even know was burning in your group. <laughs> right. Yes. And I'm like, man, how many karaoke nights am I going to go to where I think we're all having fun? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> you guys are just talking shit while I was singing. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there are so many layers to this very fun outing I thought we were having. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. get any feedback from people that uh, were aware of them? Se- yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The shade is it's like it's a beautiful thing because it's like I was so scared. I never heard from the people it was about because obviously they don't read. But (laughs) but the people who knew were like, ooh, hmm. And I guess Mm. one bit of good news is that like this isn't just talking shit. I literally have confronted this person online before, which like. It sounds so corny. I'm like, we're adults. Like, what is confronting hey. someone online? I'm like, here's me typing a sentence. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she typed another sentence. I'm typing one back. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's like pretty public, like who I don't fuck with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it was just worthwhile to like be able to at least put that outside of the confines of like 140 characters and being like, yeah. here's actually the history. <laughs> because you get I, some context. Right. Right. This isn't coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And it must be really cathartic to actually like put that on paper and to have like elegantly and completely have the whole narrative out there to sort of like put it out. Okay. So talking about like confronting people online and that sort of thing, how do you, because like I keep saying, you're so involved in the things that are happening in the world. Obviously you're posting things with your opinion and people fight back no matter what your opinion is. <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a set of standards for yourself and like how you post or what you post? Or like, do you have to catch yourself from getting caught up in people commenting <laughs> certain things? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's something that I, I think everyone could get better at myself for yeah. sure <laughs> because I'm like damn am I really replying to this person who like <laughs> literally doesn't follow me would right. never know if I saw this or not <laughs> right but there's just there's that thing that'll irk you yes. uh, and you'll fall asleep thinking about it and you're yes. like I just need to let them know I see what they're saying to me yes and like I think that there is something very human about like 
not liking being um, misunderstood. Yes. And so it's like, I find myself, most of the fights I have online are like one tweet and I'm like, that's not what I said. Yeah. <laughs> let me clarify like, you don't this. have to say that. Like, just let them not know how to read. Like, why am yeah. I right. trying to be the, po- the reading police? <laughs> Who cares? I love it. Like, literally just a few days ago on the Animal Crossing tip, I, or it, this was, I was like, I, did, I just found out how to run across the screen and it was by accident I've been walking doing all this no wonder everybody's further ahead I'm going slow and so he was like did you know that you could do this this and this could did you know you could eat the eggs I'm like I know everything else <laughs> it was just the running stop oh, giving me that. tips <laughs> I love that so yeah uh, it's, it's pretty ridiculous but I did see that you tweeted I think it was yesterday that you were tweeting like um, with everything our president is whatever uh, <laughs> that, that you were like don't tweet like him like that's mm-hmm. what will continue to divide us and I just thought that was such a beautiful way of handling the situation because it's so easy to stoop to someone's level yeah. and reminding yourself that like yeah, what's that going to accomplish that's only right. going to create worse things for all of us and I was like I love this this is so refreshing and lovely (laughs) and just like a nice reminder of like you're better than that yes Uh, well thank you I mean I I'm not I'm trash but like (laughs) I hope other people will be good because I'm sure within having tweeted that within two hours I was like you're an idiot to someone It's all balance. You got to balance yourself out. That's what makes you relatable, authentic, transparent, all the things. Exactly. And when, you know, when time is just a concept, like the time we're living in now, I'm like, perhaps I tweeted that before I said the other thing. We don't know for sure. Every minute is a new era. (laughs) Exactly. My God, so true. Um, okay, with what a day. Let's talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about this because you guys, like I said, just did your 100th episode. And what is the what's the the goal when you guys are doing this podcast? Is it to speak to a younger audience to try and keep them informed? Like what is what do you guys how did you create this world? Yeah. I mean, oh, that is so that's a very that's going to be an involved answer. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm sure. Because, you know, it's like any job where there wasn't a blueprint at all. Like right. there obviously have been daily news shows. And so it's like, are we going to be Michael Barbaro with the New York times? Obviously not. Like right, right. <laughs> he does not have this hair for one. Um, <laughs> but, like, I think that what we knew people wanted was like, everyone is tired of the news. There's too much news. Yes. Which is funny because now all anybody watches is the news because it's so, the end of times. Yes. Um, but at the time, so this fall, this past fall, right after my book came out, it was like, great, let's hit the ground running, creating mm-hmm. what could be a 15 minute show that tells you what you need to know first thing in the morning. And then you don't have to follow the news all day long, minute to minute on Twitter. You can just have a life. And then tomorrow morning, you'll know what happened. Like if yeah. it's pressing, we will post about it. But like, Truly, this is that that was the real overarching theme. It was also you're doing the good work for everyone. You're simplifying it for everyone. That's yeah. such a uh, that must be a lot to take on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also just not a skill I had before this. Like, I've never mm. had ambitions of being a teacher necessarily, although I think that like being a comedian is being observant and then like relaying what you've learned. Yeah, it wasn't like I have to understand this and then regurgitate it to people. And so that was a huge learning curve for me. Hmm. Um, My co-host Gideon is like an amazing reporter, but like he didn't really have podcasting experience or like performance experience. That's not his thing. And so I think that we got really lucky being paired together after like several, you know, auditions with different people for chemistry. Um, Mm. But like what we knew initially was that like, we're both kind of goofy it should be funny because Crooked tends to do like comedy, but also politics. Like that's right. the marriage. And I think that our audience um, just, you know, I don't know that they're necessarily a specific age, but they are like, it's not the news junkies who want to listen to like NPR and New York, you know, the New York Times podcast in the morning. They want to sure. just be like, I want to sound smart when I talk to my friends. I want to know what's happening. And I want to yeah. like, I think the other thing that we do that other shows don't is like give people ways to actually be active. Like mm. here's a charity you can throw money at. Here's who you can like, here's how you get involved. Go to this website. They'll tell you how you can go door to door doing whatever. I mean, not anymore, but like, <laughs> sorry, Back, but everything yeah. else, you know, uh, three weeks ago, <laughs> perhaps yeah. you could leave your house. There was a time. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that like, that was really 
the goal and a hundred episodes over the course of like six ish months is, you know, really no slouching. Like we just had to, yeah. we had terrible episodes in the beginning. We had good episodes in the beginning. And now I think when we found our footing, maybe in the beginning of the year, everything changed so quickly and we reported on coronavirus the moment it was news. Like, yeah, you've been covering this for since like the beginning months. of January. Yeah. Right. And so like, I think that, um, the, the show ended up finding, a, a, you know, it found its one groove and then immediately found like just pivoted and somehow yeah. we really, I think stuck the landing, but it, I think it was the benefit of having been covering it for so long. Like, I really do think we beat the other big daily news shows to talking about it. But mm. we also were like, what is this? Six people died. Right. That's not that bad. <laughs> right, right. And I then mean, every day it's like the slow motion of like, oh, oh, no, uh, oh, it's in a different country uh-oh. now. Shit, there's another cruise ship. And then like it went uh. on forever. So I think that like the moment that we're all like that culturally in America we're in, because this is just now happening here, whereas like, you know, everywhere else has a two month head start. Right. Um, I think my emotional state and like my ability to do the job has only been improved by the fact that like I've seen this coming in slow motion mm. for like, like I watched what happened everywhere else. And so it's like, I, I, I guess I don't get as caught up in the daily bits of it because I'm like, no, this is, this has been life for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've <laughs> like, been like, on the, yeah. you've been I'm on the front line. Yeah. Yeah. We're all catching up to where you're at right now, basically. And there, and yeah. So, like, you know, you're going to get on my island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, this is how you relax. You, like, eat an edible at night and you just, <laughs> yep. like, shut it down and you're just, oh, like, running around in the dark. That's the you whole You are game. speaking my language. <laughs> um, well, so did what else have you been doing on a relaxing side? Like, what do you watch when you watch oh things? Goodness. So If I, you watch you, things. It's funny. I... Um, I try to watch relaxing things, but like my housemate is like this very cool 28 year old guy. Like, but so like, I feel like we often end up watching intense things if we're both in the living room, but I have like my own space with the TV. So I watch my own shit, but together we watched Ozark. I just, I couldn't watch the finale yet. I was like, I can't finish. I just three. got into Ozark. My boyfriend it's just got so me good. into it. We just finished season two. Uh, we just started season three and yeah, it's, intense i've been using it as like escape from the world let's watch ozark and then realizing like uh uh-oh this is uh, (laughs) a different type of tension that happens oh okay (laughs) that's exactly right i'm like oh that's how you knock yourself out of a current trauma it's just a different one (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and yeah so i i mean i love it and i will tell you uh no spoilers you are going to love this season and there is a guest star new character that I was like, no one's going to be as good as Julia Garner on this show. She's a genius. And I'm like, he is so good. Um, oh, no. So that's it. So that's I it. can't wait. You're going to love it. Um, But so I watched that and then I have this real habit of like, there's just too much choice. Like I went to Quibi and I was like, all of this looks yeah. good, but it's also like, I don't know if I'm ready for seven minutes of Christoph Waltz. You know, <laughs> I either need like a full two hours or nothing. So I'm yeah. just like, that looks good. I just don't think I'm ready for what's yeah. coming. So I have a list of things to watch, but I end up rewatching the same thing. So my real go-tos are um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> nice, nice. Because I'm just like, wow, these colors are calming. And like, yes, most of the time I'm stoned. <laughs> so yeah, just like, cool. oh, that's such a... Oh, I'm adding that to my nighttime viewing. I've yeah. totally forgotten about that. Thank you. I think you will literally melt into your couch and be like, this is like a hug from childhood. <laughs> oh, I'm so because I've been waiting. Great British Baking Show is like that for me. Yeah. And that hasn't come back yet. So I need something to fill the void. Yeah. So it's a lot of that. And then um, I love Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. I don't know if I you've don't seen know that. it. Uh-uh. This is, um, I would say, Marilyn Monroe at her best. Ooh. It is the one where she does Diamonds Are Our Girl's Best Friend in the beautiful dress with all of the people. But it is like, Grace, I'm telling you, like the color uh-huh. palette, the songs, like the acting, the jokes are so much further out than you would think is possible for the 50s. I'm so excited. It's it's like, you have to watch it. I think it's on Amazon. If it's not, I'm a liar. (laughs) But like, all I can say is, because I bought it. So I'm like, it's somewhere. Um, But you will be like, oh, this is uproariously funny in a way that nothing is. Like, it was the first time I saw it. 
I was like, whatever. I don't know shit about any of this. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just yeah. Trying to get into old movies because I used to hate old movies. Yeah, and I. I like there's something about it to me that is almost hypnotic because I'm like, this is like seeing the first YouTube video where you're like, you can do that. But right. it's like 60 years old or something. Oh, my gosh. I can't so, wait. I got to say, I think you will. You just have to message me when you watch it and let, let okay. me know how you feel. I will. It sucks. I'll be like, cool. No, I have bad taste. So <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait. OK, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, we have a lot of really fun Twitter questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Akilah, before we get into the Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that's on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? I mean, uh, Melania. (laughs) Mm. That's really good. I just don't think she would react. I think she would just keep talking. (laughs) Right. And then I I feel like you would get to really find out if it was her or her stunt double. Yeah, like it it just starts like one eye just starts like glitching. And I'm like, I knew it. (laughs) Yes, that's uh, Madame Tussauds wax figure. That's not her. Okay. (laughs) Be best, Melania. Be best. Uh, The other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or a close call, uh, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. Ooh. Yeah. Very athletic. Shitting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, when did I? Or it could be like like any sort of bathroom emergency situation. Okay, that works. All right. The most iconic one in my mind. Um, Big gulp. Oh no. <laughs> Gas station. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, third word. Uh, can it be a phrase? Sure. All over my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know how to do it. Big gulps don't end well. They're no. too big. <laughs> <laughs> it was way too much Mountain Dew, and I have oh. never had Mountain Dew ever again since. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, let's get into these Twitter questions. Let's do um, it. Let's see. We have one that says, oh, an uh, important question. What do you miss about Neopets? Oh, my gosh. You know what I miss? I miss um, the omelet. I think that, like, there's not a free thing online that is as satisfying as being like, I can feed my pets for free today. I don't know what it's going to be, but they like it all. They're never like, I hate this broccoli omelet. They're so grateful. I'm like, can Twitter give me something for free every day? Right. One thing besides, like, disappointment. Yes. Okay. Neopets, for people that don't know, it's basically this uh, small (laughs) keychain device. And you have a oh, pet no, that you no, take. No, not that. <laughs> Wait, what am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Tamagotchis. Like, yeah, Tamagotchi and Gigapets. And Gigapets. Neopets are similar, They're, but it's all online. So it's like oh. you just go to that website and it's like you're role playing with your dumb, like fake animal and you go to the <laughs> omelet and it's like cooking. I don't know. It, I'm acting like it's a thing that you have to be right about. <laughs> It sounds great. And it makes me fully understand your relationship with Animal Crossing now. Yeah, you're uh, like, Kayla loves pets. If you have a history with Neopets, I can understand the evolution to Animal Crossing now. Um, Okay, someone is asking you, have you gotten cherries yet? Do you need any other type of fruit? They have pears, oranges, and peaches. This comes from the chow style if you need to get in touch. Ooh, well, thank you so much. Um, I was posting a lot about the cherries and uh, I did. I'm happy to report I got cherries. I planted okay. like several trees. So I am. I have all the fruits now. Phew. <laughs> We're making fruit money on my island. Oh, phew. OK, we can all rest easy. <laughs> um, D Lynn Bond is asking that she's mentioned struggling with being in so deep with the news in the past. Has it gotten better or worse lately? Oh, I mean, it's definitely worse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's worse. I think that you can't turn off the news now, which makes it so much harder to separate. Like before, you know, 
in the fall, it's like I'm reporting on the primary. I'm reporting on, you know, there's bad news and whatever else, but it feels like there's a distance. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I get done doing my job. And then I call my mom and she's like, hey, so I've been like pandemic shopping. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, I have to like live it now. I have to live it forever. (laughs) Right. Uh, It's also must be strange for you because just on like as a person that is a member of society, it feels like an obligation to keep up with the news just to be informed on a regular basis, especially with everything that's changing and, you know, wanting to abide by rules and practices. But also for you, it's your job. So there's a double necessity for you to be uh, observing it and in it and absorbing it. So it must feel like Thank God. I'm really happy for you that you have Animal Crossing to kind of separate <laughs> in times. <laughs> Honestly, like, let, just bless up to Animal Crossing. Like, thank you so much for looking out for me. You came at the right time. I don't know what I would, I honestly don't know what I'd be doing. I'd probably be replaying, like, some other video game. And I'm not good at video games. Like, this is a thing. Like, I, I play a lot. <laughs> I love it. Good. I love it. The, um, uh, so in line with that, someone else is asking, uh, does she get a break from it? And what do you do to keep yourself sane? Ooh, I mean, I think my sanity, you know, I have a therapist. I'm very good privileged to have someone to like dump stuff on one sure. hour a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, get online. I got a dump. And then I just <laughs> yell all my feelings at her. And she's like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm not going through anything at all. I'm like, I don't want to hear about your life. Um, That's- yeah, so that's, that's really it. I think that like, and I, I talk to my friends more than ever, which is good. You know, good. I moved to LA, um, just last fall. And so most of my friends are still in New York, which mm-hmm. is getting the worst of it. Yeah. And, um, I think it's been, it's been nice to at least be able to check in with those people and like feel closer to like home. Cause I feel like I'm sure, I don't know. I'm watching New York burn down from like, across the country. I'm like this is not good. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. That's, very difficult seeing them in New York. But I think the big thing that I've been seeing and experience for myself too, is like check in on your friends and like, you know, don't be afraid to like reach out and like for any reason, it's just so necessary right now. Yeah. And everybody is going through it. Like even the people who Mm -hmm. don't reach out, it's not because they're like assholes. It's just like, who has the energy (laughs) to exactly be proactive. So it's like, if you have even an ounce of it and you're like questioning, just, I mean, what asshole is going to be like, don't talk to me. Yeah, not now. (laughs) Unless you did something terrible to them. (laughs) Right. Then that's maybe something to get sorted out in a different way. Yeah. Uh, Someone wants to know your favorite quarantine snack or drink. Oh, well, the drink is just straight up red wine. (laughs) (laughs) I became Hoda Kotb the day we got stuck in the house and I'm not coming out. Um, It's good. And then, yeah, I... Cheez-Its were a thing Mm. that I had a rule against buying because... I will like, it's not even about like, I'm a healthy person. It's literally just that like, if I have a box of Cheez-Its, that's what I'm eating this weekend. <laughs> yep. I'm not having a vegetable. It's just yep. like, to completion, the Cheez-Its. I a hundred percent understand that on a very deep emotional level. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm there's... like, this is one serving and it's going to go for the whole day. And like, yep. that's not my, like my, my body doesn't want to process that. <laughs> my that body trap that I'm eating. Yeah. Uh, my brain and my body are at odds right now. And sometimes, you know, I gotta, I gotta serve my brain a little bit. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm deep in cheese at land. Love it. Okay. Jessica is asking, can she please regale us with a story of a karaoke party with Ronan Farrow? Ooh. Did I mean, this happen? Yes, this happened. So okay. uh, Ronan Farrow is engaged to John Lovett, who is a uh-huh. good friend of mine who works at Crooked Media. And uh, I met Ronan, we were doing the Pod Team America HBO shows. And so I was opening for them each weekend, like on the road after uh-huh. I like, did the correspondent work for that. And so we were in Philadelphia and Ronan was there and he was like reporting like in the back room and he was like there to surprise John. But John is not a person who like surprises. So <laughs> I was just combination. Like, Ronan is my boyfriend now. <laughs> and so it was very annoying and I was like hanging out with him. Um, so we became friends and we so I've been to two of his birthday parties. They uh-huh. are almost always pajama themed. I love and, it. And um, the last one I went to was in this past December. He had karaoke. Uh, I guess the story, the the quickest story I can tell is that um, there was a pretty strong New York contingent there. That's okay. not the word. 
cohort. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pretty large New York cohort there. And um, like my housemate, who's also like, he produces for Jesus and Mero. So like they were there. And okay. then like my Gideon was there. I was there. It was kind of weird. Liz Plank was there. We were all there. Wow. And um, long story long, they're like, cool. So we're going to dance for a while. And then like whoever wants to do karaoke. And we're like, great. Let's like skip the dancing and go straight to karaoke. <laughs> no one else is drunk enough. No one is like at the level. But we're like whatever like yeah no one's gonna stop us yeah ronan didn't make a speech no one's saying happy birthday we just like went up there and um i was mostly filming this but Jesus and uh z-way who's a comedian decided mm-hmm. to do shallow uh <laughs> and if you know Jesus, you know that he is very bronx yeah. and so it was a lot of just like tell me something girl. <laughs> And people just like turning around slowly to be like, what is that loud? Noise? Something's happening. <laughs> and it was great because Ronan was just like, I love my birthday. <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't need things to go well. He no. is the party. What a great gift in and of itself. Also, yeah, I love so it everyone's like, I love straight to karaoke. We can cut out this middle part, the dancing. Yeah, like, who has to be drunk? By the yeah. end of this, we'll be drunk on songs. And they're like, right. no one agrees with that. That's not a thing people say. <laughs> uh, okay, someone wants to know thoughts on living in Los Angeles and not in New York at the moment. I mean, you've touched on um, this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I have a little, I have like a little, little swallow happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's an emotional, <laughs> it's an emotional response. I'm like, my body just woke up. <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm obviously happy to be safe in Los Angeles, I, and I, I like having the space here. Like, I have an indoor and outdoor space, and so it's, like, not um, as confined as it would be in New York. I also, like, just live with the one person, and we're, like, chilling. In yeah. New York, I lived in, like, a building with several people who touch things, and I'm like, yeah. I think I would just be a nervous wreck. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is just, like, something about the distance that it's just, it's sad. And if anything were to happen to someone I know there, and, like, I, I know I can't go to like a funeral. I can't go right. be with them. And so right. I think that there's it's that's its own set of anxiety of just being like so far away. Yeah. But I, I think that like, you know, in a Darwin way, I'm like, I guess it is good yeah. <laughs> that I'm not there right now. I'm I'm trying to find a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's all you can do is try to figure out like what is the bright side of this situation yeah. right now. Um, okay, last question. Someone wants to know what a day are you having? <laughs> what a cute cutie okay um today is good you know what's funny is since every day blends together now yes I I always say I'm like I don't know how I'm I'm surprised by my emotion first thing in the morning every day like it's uh, either gonna be like rage or just like <laughs> completely doled out like grass yeah. of like I don't know who cares yeah or it's just like inconsolable crying and then some days it's just like this is a good day and today yeah. I'm like this is this is fine. I haven't read the news yet. <laughs> that's I know. That's uh that'll really decide the tone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh. geez. It's like remember when there was a first time like things just started getting really bad in America with like all news, I guess. With yeah. Just like day after day, and then you would get online and be like, I should check the news before I make a joke because I might be like I need to read the room. Same. Now I'm and- like, jokes are dead. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, trying to be respectful of the uh universal tone of the world and also <laughs> contribute content is a very difficult thing to manage right now. Yeah. Um okay, Akila, thank you so much for being here and doing this uh podcast with us remotely. Usually when we're in person, we have a, a fortune cookie that is our gift from us to you that is a personalized <laughs> fortune cookie. Uh but we're going to try and do it virtually right now. So Melissa just sent you uh, a little document in the chat. If you open that up, it should be a beautiful image of your personalized fortune cookie. If you were able to read it out loud, I apologize. It's all good. (laughs) What a day instead as what a decade of ah smashed into a day. But what even is a day anymore? No, really. What day is it? The podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's your fortune from us to you. I love that fortune. I feel fortunate that you all (laughs) would even write that. That And I feel bad that you couldn't see me reading it. So if there's some way for you all to get that animation. Yeah, (laughs) we'll we'll get it. We have a huge budget. We'll get the animators on it. It'll be great. (laughs) CGI it in. Just CGI it in. They got enough footage of my mouth moving to make it exactly real time. Uh, Akilah, where can people find everything that you're up to if they don't already know? 
Ooh, okay. So uh, I live on the internet. Follow me on Twitter at Akila. Obviously, if you spell it with an A K I, it should come up. Um, and I have a new series uh, coming to Comedy Central's social media channels. Ooh, uh, uh, Fridays in April. Um, it's called Making Fun with Akila and Milana. It's me and Milana Vinetube, an amazing, cute, it. lovely Hume. Yeah, and um. Yeah, listen to What a Day on Cricket Media Podcast and buy my book, Obviously Stories from a Timeline. I've given you a million things to do. So if you choose yes. one of them, I will be grateful. Yes, you guys cannot complain that you have nothing to read or watch or listen to because <laughs> yeah, she's got you, you covered. I gave you part of media. I gave every, you video. I gave you audio. Yes. I gave you words. You really did give me an entire like summer activities list. So thank <laughs> you very much. This has been so fun. You guys go check out Akila if you haven't already. Obviously. Uh, she is wonderful. So we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs> 